On this episode of Artsy Engineering Radio, we're talking about some productivity tools like our desktop setup and what editors we use, as well as some tools and ideas for distributed collaboration across different time zones. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. This is Anna Carey calling in from the Artsy Engineering Radio. Really excited today to talk to two of my colleagues for an RFC episode, which again stands for a request for comment. And we'll be talking a bit about productivity and sort of different tools that we use and challenges that we encounter. And today I'm here with Pavlos and Eric. I'd love for each of you to introduce yourself. So Pavlos, Maybe share your name, what team you're on, and maybe how long you've been at Artsy. Yeah, hello, hello. My name is Pavlos. Like you said, I've been at Artsy a year and a half, around there. And I'm a mobile engineer and working in the collector experience team. How about you, Eric? Hi, yeah, I'm Eric. I've been on a couple different teams at Artsy. Most of the time I've spent on the auctions team and more recently on our purchase and now transact team. And I've been at the company for five years. Wow, Eric, that's crazy. You're getting up to five years. That's a long time. Yeah. So as I said, I'd love to sort of chat with the two of you about different productivity tools that you have and how those kind of come into play with some challenges that we Face at Artsy, some of the things I hope that we'll get to cover is working on distributed teams. Another thing that we could have added to is Pavlos is based in Europe, and Eric and I are both based in New York, uh, which is pretty common on our team these days. About half of our engineers are in Europe and half are in the States now. Yeah, and also just, you know, different sort of ways of working and that sort of thing. So I'd love to start by asking, what are some of your favorite tools that you use for productivity? And I I think that's something that comes to mind for me is, you know, I'm still relatively new to engineering. I've been doing this for about a year, year and a half. So I'm still developing my tool set. So I'm definitely excited to kind of learn from both of you today. I I would begin by saying I don't think of myself as someone who's very good at productivity or mind hacking or I know there's lots of different phrases in the industry for this. For for most of my adult working life, I've thought of myself as someone who was very bad at it. And especially working in other industries where like productivity means keeping a spreadsheet like ready to jump to at any given moment if someone appears over your shoulder. I kind of always thought of myself as someone who's just not productive. So like one thought that kept coming back to me as we're preparing for this was how when you work in an industry like this, where you can kind of say you're doing thought work, I spend a lot more time still feeling unproductive, but sort of working out a problem in my head. And I don't know if this is a a productivity hack or, or tip, but Oftentimes, something that has been like waiting to come out for a long time will will strike me, not necessarily at the most convenient time. And then I just have to get that that work out like while it's now that it's finally ready, you know, and sometimes that's like not during work hours. So one thing that occurred to me, I know, is like you don't always get to choose your most productive times. It could be because you in a case like that where, you know the solution to something you're working on finally came to you. And sometimes you just have times of day that you're most productive. So that's one one thing that has worked well for me, especially as Artsy has become more remote friendly. 
is just being able to have more flexibility to your work time. And one thing I would add to that, maybe we could come back to it, is not letting that element or an understanding of that element get in the way of work-life balance. So there have to be other trade-offs there. Another one for me, and this is almost a pet peeve more than productivity, is having window snapping tools. Like I like to have my desktop completely used with nothing getting in the way of anything else. So that's the first thing I uh, install when I set up a computer. What is that? I saw you write that down when we were talking about this, and I was like, I don't know what that is. Oh, sure. So there's a lot of different ones. The one I use is called Spectacle, and I use it because it's open source, and I have the keyboard shortcuts, you know, kind of hardwired into my fingers at this point. But I know that Windows machines have had this built in for a long time. There's many different tools that can do it in different ways. But the idea is, you know, whatever window you're working on, you hit a shortcut, it snaps to the left third of the screen or the left two thirds of the screen. So you can like very efficiently without having to drag windows around, kind of compose your your desktop as you want. I can easily bump Slack to the other monitor. Then I'll usually put my code editor on the left two thirds of the screen and my terminal on the right one third of the screen. You know, if I, for some reason, I'm working in a different setup, I might change that two thirds, one third to some other apps, but that's that's generally my my layout. Possibly with other like chat apps, I'll use the the quarter screen shortcuts. Do you do you toggle between like a third of the app or a third of the screen to like a full screen and then back to like the third or something like that, or is that never coming up as a as a thing? Oh yeah, for sure. I'll, yeah. I mean, I don't want to list off all my shortcuts. I think that could get a little <laughs> not as exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking because I've definitely tried tools like this and yeah, it didn't it didn't stick for me. I, I see why they're useful. I just didn't stick. You know, I noticed that pretty early on in my time at Artsy when I was working with another engineer and they weren't snapping their windows and being very junior and having become very dependent on my two thirds, one third setup. I remember thinking like, how can, how can this person get work done? This is a, (laughs) this is something every senior engineer does, right? Because I have become so dependent on it, but that's kind of why I prefaced it with this might be more of just a pet peeve. For me, it's a two-third, one-third ratio for everything, unless I'm running a terminal in my uh, code editor, and then I might go full screen. Yeah, that makes sense. I have I have the same setup, like the one-third, two-thirds, but uh, I definitely do everything with the mouse, uh, which wow. I know you know it would be it's frowned upon by developers, but but uh, yeah, that's how I do it. The the way um, just to go back to the original question, I guess for productivity stuff. And we can come back to the the one that Eric said is that I I kind of go the opposite way and uh, instead of like if I see something that I do a bunch of times uh, sometimes you know I might take like two extra seconds or two extra minutes like that's the point that I try to like optimize let's say in quotes so I have you know in in Eigen for example the mobile app that we have um, I need to open up Xcode every now and then you know the way I did it was. I was in the terminal, then I would open the finder window, then I would look for the thing, you know, double click it or whatever, and then that's kind of like slow. So then I just made a little script to like just find a project or an Xcode project within the folder I'm in, and then that's it, you know. So now I use it in a bunch of other apps, and that's nice. Or like, uh, you know, we have Jira, and 
I kept making tickets and they were just going into oblivion like uh, no one would know where they were and me <laughs> especially when I made them so I made uh, like some kind of automation I don't know how Jira calls this but it's um you know you, you give kind of some rules and then it just like applies some filters or, or some labels automatically so then you know now I just make a ticket and I know that it will go to uh, the right you know sprint uh, thing that we have to to groom them and all that stuff so it's just easier you know that reminds me of a lunch and learn from, oh, it's got to be at least three years ago now when there was a John, who's been on the show before, is one of our resident Vim experts. And so he was doing a lunch and learn on his Vim setup. And I remember what stuck out for me because I was trying to learn Vim at the time was he had some kind of keystroke recorder that would watch what he typed and watched for repetition. And he said he would review it every week. John, I'm sorry if I'm misrepresenting this. I found it um, mind boggling. That's crazy. I could see how it could be great for him. He would review it every week and pick the most reused commands he was running within Vim and create new shortcuts for them. Oh my God. So if he was doing a lot of, you know, swapping out parentheses for curly braces, or I don't even know, he just had this endless list of Vim shortcuts. And I wondered how can you work on a, any computer but your own? But, <laughs> he probably uh, can. He probably can. It's so interesting to me how like how into the stuff engineers get. I mean, it makes sense. Like the if, no realizing that you can create these efficiencies, it's like one of the biggest powers of being an engineer. So people just get can get so deep in on this stuff. And Eric, I'm kind of like you in that this has never been like this stuff has never been my strong suit. Like my desktop window, like you would probably like be so crazy to look at my workflow setup because it's just very, very disorganized. And I actually think it's kind of, I get a little self-conscious about it because I think it can kind of expose myself as being a little more junior, which maybe is not the best thing. Th that's why I think it's helpful to like learn from other people about sort of what their tools are. For this Vim topic, you know, I've heard from many engineers on the team, including John, that I should be using Vim. So I would love to kind of hear from the two of you how you see the value of that tool. Maybe describe, I'm not totally clear on like why I use Vim over other shells and stuff like that. So would love to hear kind of how you two feel about that. Pablos? Yeah, I can, I can go for it. I definitely don't consider myself as like, you know, a Vim master or whatever. So maybe that's a, a good uh, thing to to start with me. But I I've been using I haven't been using Vim, but I've been using Vim keys for many years. So I you know I used to use um, I I don't even remember, but like now I use VS Code with the Vim extension or like Neo Vim extension. I don't remember which one. So basically, I can use all of the Vim you know keys, key bindings or whatever, and still be within my you know normal editor the vs code so basically the reason that i like it and the reason that you know many people advertise it i guess is that it's supposed to be like editing in the speed of uh, you know in the speed of thought or something like that i think it's like you know some kind of motto so it's like you know i need to delete this line so instead of like hitting shift and like hitting right seven times or whatever and then delete or whatever you can just hit d twice and then you know the line is gone so it's just kind of it has a bunch of keys so it's faster yeah yeah basically okay. it has like a, a lot of key bindings that 
also make sense and they can be combined with each other to make you like you know manipulate code easier i guess and i like that part and i i don't like the part of like getting too deep into configuration so i you know i've tried switching to vim and like even just getting autocomplete or whatever gets funky sometimes for me so i you know i thought let's just get vs code that has all of the good stuff and then just make you know vim keys on top of it and then i'm very happy and now like i know that for example uh, one thing that an editor should do for me is allow me to move a line like a line above or a line below or whatever just without deleting it and copy pasting or whatever so now i you know vim can do this of course and vs code can do this of course but the way to make this in both of the editors was easier in VS Code. So then I just have it there. But then all of my other keys are still Vim. So it, it just kind of combines. It's both like a mix. You kind of nicely. use yeah, yeah. 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 Eric, do you use it? Uh, I think I use it similar to Pablo. So I use the extension, but usually unless I'm doing a commit message or rebasing something where the, the terminal editor opens by default. Yeah. I, I use an extension that adds it. And yeah, I don't think I have much to add to what Pablo said. For I think a lot of people who are drawn to programming are drawn to the idea of like automating the most rote parts of a task because that's what you don't have to think about and you can free up your mind to think about the the creative or fun parts. And Vim, like actually solving problems and yeah, totally. Right. And so you know, how often are you doing some small ticket and you realize I have to change this variable in, in eight different places. Now that's, there's like pretty much a, a shortcut to do something like that in most code editors at this point. But those those little pieces of like, uh, this isn't really so much like creative work. This is rote. Vim brings that to typing. And a lot of it after that comes to like, how deep do you want to go into it? I want to go just deep enough that I can edit code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You can definitely go deep or very deep and, and just, you know, never do any actual work. Have you have you tried Vim Anna, at at all or anything similar? Only with what you're describing when you're, you know, opening a commit message and like it automatically opens and I've I've like that's comfortable enough for me, but not beyond that. I think it's helpful to kind of just like try things and kind of, and then see what sticks. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have do you to have an approach to when you hear sort of new ideas of one example I think of is ways to do a to do list during the day. I started using Notion. One of the other engineers on the team suggested this, and you basically like have a big list of things that you want to do for the day, and then at the end of the day, anything you don't complete just gets copied over to the next day. So you can kind of see what you've done in the past, and then you get this kind of like running list. And I am not super like good about it, but it's like it's I, I've tried it. It like pretty much has stuck sometimes i'll you know miss some days but yeah do you guys have an approach for when you come up when you find new ideas and how to try them i have tried so many different apps that are <laughs> versions of like a checkbox plus a sentence i don't think anything has has really stuck for me yet although lately the reminders app has been good for like remembering i need to pick up chickpeas or something like that so 
<laughs> the built-in app is is going to ultimately be the answer. That's the built-in uh, iOS app, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like whatever is the um, you know the least amount of friction, I guess, in in you know my brain. So yeah, like like Eric, yeah. I've also tried the billion of them, and I've tried making them, and I've tried like people, you know, friends scripts or whatever, and like all of that stuff, and it's just you know like it's it's hard to to find the ideal one, and the ideal one might be just you know a piece of paper. Or it might not be, but yeah, I ended up having, I use an app called Things for Mac and iOS, but then I also have like my notes in just a VS Code window, you know, which is sometimes also a to-do list. It's just like a, you know, like a weird combination of just everything that Random works yeah, at any point. <laughs> sometimes I think with, you know, with these app discussions, I'm I'm always looking for the the app that's going to fix everything. When I have a problem, I'm thinking, can I can I write a code? Can I write a, a code that will will solve this for me? Or if I found something that I think does work, I'm like trying to convince every person in my life that this is the app that's going to finally make it possible for us to schedule a meeting or whatever. And sometimes I think there might just be a neuroplasticity issue as well that like we can't we can't just keep layering more abstractions on top of our distraction. Sometimes we have to like learn how to do prioritization with our will. Just ourselves without yeah. tools. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I think it's easy to get sort of deep, especially as engineers, deep into the kind of this over-tooling world. Maybe for the last, you know, 10 minutes or so of us chatting, I'd love to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about something that definitely gets in the way of our productivity at Artsy and is a hurdle that I think we're still working through is how distributed we are and being on these different time zones and sort of communicating across those time zones. And there's definitely tools that go, you know, that we use there, obviously, you know, Jira, keeping really good track of what, what, what tickets we're working on, what the status of them are. Something that we've sort of like played around with, but not really worked that well is sort of tag teaming on a ticket. So, you know, I started in the morning in New York, we work on it together, maybe with someone in Europe, and then I finish it in the afternoon. And then, you know, I sort of leave a note on what comes next. And then in Europe morning, the next person kind of picks up the work there. But this stuff is hard. This stuff is really hard. How have you seen this on your teams? Maybe Eric, I, I know that purchase is pretty split half-half. Yeah, we're, we're going through a, a transition right now because for the past year, we've been, I think, by far the largest product team at the company. And the composition has varied in that time with the pandemic and both the hiring and turnover we've had during that time. So I don't feel like I have one one magic bullet I can give for it. We've definitely, you know, following the, the RFC that Adam raised last year to standardize on our meeting times, that's been helpful. So because we're, the majority of us are either Eastern US or Western Europe, I guess. I don't know what Berlin is. We have our morning overlap and that's when meetings are every six months or so. It's not a planned thing, but we have to kind of sweep out the cobwebs and figure out what meetings need to be ended. We haven't done a handoff of work as the Berlin shift is going out to the to their disco and the New York shift is coming back from brunch. <laughs> I'm interested to hear 
from Pavlos. Yeah, Pavlos. So the collector experience scene that Pavlos you work on is pretty Europe heavy. I know that when I rotated with your team, when I first started at Artsy and was rotating during my onboarding, I think that there was only a couple of people that were based in the U.S. Yeah. But also you've been a little, I think, the more distributed for longer than other teams. Yeah, so definitely we we, we had, uh, like when, when CX started, we were kind of, um, yeah, a third in Berlin and a third in like New York and the rest was just uh, randomly <laughs> spread in the world. Yeah, now we're very much Berlin heavy, I guess. And like Brian is the one person I can think of immediately that is, you know, in a bunch of meetings in his time uh, or our time that has to work. We often do what Eric said and just pick the the overlap times when we know that we need, you know, everyone or a lot of people from here and there. I've never done this tag team situation that you described, but definitely having information on you know slack about what people did or what they expect to be done that helps because sometimes you know i write maybe at night or maybe someone from the us writes at night and then we have to see it like it would, it's nice in the morning that it's there you know and you don't have to run and ask people one thing that strikes me especially as i'm thinking about this tag team idea and you know how i work You know, I mentioned that I've always struggled with like productivity or staying on task, however you want to put it. And I do, I like it when it just comes to me and in 20 minutes I can do the work that probably would have taken me like two and a half days if I had just forced myself to to squeeze it out at a keyboard. But as we've gone more and more remote, I miss pairing and sitting side by side with my coworkers. And that's just something, you know, like I said, neuroplasticity, that's something that I've had to develop new skills around. And luckily, Artsy has been like pretty supportive in, in people figuring this stuff out for themselves. But the tag team idea sounds nice because, you know, if that was just how my team worked, I could see how it would force me to basically do code review for the you know, Berlin engineer that I'm picking up from. It forced me to understand their code because I wouldn't want to just be like clobbering everything they wrote if I wanted to do it differently. It could be like a really interesting way to do communication. I'm wondering what the what the actual experience is like because I'm just uh, yeah. projecting here. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's, it's definitely feels a little bit more of like a ideal situation. And I'm not sure if I have a lot of insight into how this would work in practice. But we, what I've more tried is doing this with someone in New York. So uh, Steve and I will do this a lot. So Steve is an engineer on my team and we'll do this a lot on just like with pairing. We'll, we'll truly go back and forth like every commit or so basically like one person drives the next and then for one commit the next person drives so both people have equal context on the pr and i think when we've like sort of tried this like more with with the time zone thing the key is having two people have equal context on a pr which actually is kind of rare usually you have like one person who's kind of like leading and then the other person who may be like pairing to unblock or pairing to assist but not actually like contributing equal amount of work so like working on a PR like really like together I think it's something that I feel like is pretty in line with how artsy like it's our culture like kind of is but yeah I think it would be interesting to to see how it would work when 
the people, the two pairs, like could not be in communication for part of that time. I definitely feels like the like the tug uh, situation where one person ends and the other person starts seems like a a good way to work if you know that each person is going to kind of finish or reach some kind of milestone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a code review, like Eric said, or or something like a you know like a commit or whatever that might be. But it definitely feels to me that it's usually easier to have a person like two people that have some overlap and then in that overlap they can pair and then before that one of them works and prepares stuff and then the you know the second person it's kind of takes over after the pairing and like finishes up some stuff so it's not exactly like a tag team but it's more like a yeah like do some work in the morning then pair then finish uh, the work uh, later for the second person which definitely works nicely for our team at least. Yeah, the kind of equal. Yeah, I, I think that that seems like an interesting idea. I mean, definitely the point of missing actually being next to each other is very real. Like I've never, because of when I started this career, I've never actually really like worked with someone in person on like a computer <laughs> next to each other. So I definitely look forward to the day that I get to do that with someone, maybe someone in New York, but also even in, in Europe as well. I think there's a lot that can come Definitely from a productivity stance, but also just like team bonding and learning and yeah. scaling knowledge, all of that stuff. You definitely lose some by not getting to be in person. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. But we have all this flexibility that I think all, all three of us definitely appreciate. All right, guys, this was really fun. It's great to kind of uh, talk about these topics. I know I learned a lot from both of you. And yeah, I'd love to do this again with you both soon. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, it was nice. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Artsy Open Source. Keep up with our blog at artsy.github.io. This episode was produced by Asia Simpson. And thank you, Eve Essex, for our theme music. You can find her on all major streaming platforms. Until next time, this is Artsy Engineering Radio. Thank you.